What's the word, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the latest episode here on What's the Word Entertainment. Of course, as always, this is Sherm. I have got Obed with me once again, as always. Good to have you on board again. What's going on with you, player? Lord have mercy. Stream. Watch our guan, as they would say in the streets. <laughs> the top boys are out here. Watch your neck. Yo, what's goody? Oh, yeah, man. Definitely trying to get it in this week here on what's the word team you know we got a lot of talk a lot of things to talk about really quickly kind of before we get to, to the regular schedule programming we're going to talk uh, football as always college and professional we'll even cut on in on some uh, some basketball news but really quickly touch on the baseball aspect i know last week we were kind of predicting our making our world series picks if you have you man how about the nationals coming out with a bang yo up 3-0 in their series first of all they survived the dodgers first off yeah. Now they're you know what up three zero about their one win away from going to the going to the chip. Man, good for yeah. them. Bring you out know, the brooms. Yo, it just might happen. Well, DC will be popping if it does. I tell you, yeah. this might be the only championship Washington gets this year. Other oh well, you know what? Scratch yeah. that. Congratulations to the Washington Mystics for yes, holding sir. down getting that uh, getting that chip as well. Congratulations to them. Deladon the crown. I like it. Ooh, El, 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 yo, Elena Deladon is the truth. If y'all don't know who she is. Do your homework. She is the truth. I'm telling you. Anyway, let's get into it, uh, Obed. I'm going to talk about some basketball news here in the association. The number one overall pick, Zion Williamson, is is how he's definitely made his debut, his stamp on the league so far in the preseason. He's been looking real good, real solid in his first four games uh, with uh, the Pelicans. I got to say, you know, what in these first four games, he's what, had 16, 29, 26, and 22, respectively. Yeah. Dude, he's looking real good. Um, you know, he, he's got to – I'll notice – I'll say one thing. I remember I watched the game against uh, the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that game, he took 13 shots. He made 12. Out of the 12 shots that he made, I mean, all of them were in the paint, I think, within three to four feet of the basket. Now, great. Yeah. Kudos to him for driving the lane, getting to the hoop. That's what Absolutely. you need to do. As a big man, do it. Great up. Straight up. Good. But you have to also be able to hit some sort of jumpers, you know, around the perimeter. Not necessarily, you know, deep threes, nothing like that. But just, you know, have some mid-range, mid that mid-range jumper as well, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, so I think his game will develop over time. But, you know, he's definitely getting down low. You know what I mean? He's shooting well. In the game against Utah, he was 9 of 12. Against the Spurs, he was 8 of 11. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So he's doing well. I mean, what is your take on, on Zion this far, just early on in the preseason? I mean, you want to hope that the hype matches the, what's been built up for for him on the court. Um, and you know, he's he had a he has that pedigree. It's not all for show in college like some of these guys are that have generally come out of Duke. Uh, nice to know that he's on the same team as another Duke alumni in JJ Redick, uh, who has also played very well in his tenure in the NBA. Uh, I think just watching Zion flow, watching Zion play, uh, the way that he moves on the court, the way he moves underneath, did take some shots from outside uh, this last game. Uh, it, it's 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 refreshing to watch someone play and just be strong to the whole. You know, you think you give up Anthony Davis uh, in free agency, or you let Anthony Davis walk in free agency, excuse me. Well, uh, they traded. Oh, traded. traded, excuse me, traded. Uh, and you think that you're going to be missing that 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 uh, strength of your team, which is the down low game, and he is not skipped a beat there. So for those people who are just like, oh, you know, 12 or 13, we're from inside the paint, whatever, what have you, there was a time when having an ability to play in the paint was just smart because when things weren't hitting for you, you could always drive the lane and probably count on a bucket and two points at the charity stripe Mm -hmm. um so 
I think he's looked great. I think he's looked phenomenal. I'm ready for the games to like really mean something. But the kid is playing like the, these games really mean something. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely doing work. I'm excited to see him. You know what he can, you know, you know how he can change that dynamic of that team. How him and Lonzo will kind of get along. You know, running running the floor together. I saw a couple times. You know, Lonzo threw him some nice outlet passes. You know, come some alley oops and stuff at the hoop. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm actually excited to watch them. You know, in the this coming this upcoming season. But uh, you know, well, time will tell. Us, see what how uh, deep they can go and how much of a great uh, player Zion will be. Right. So other basketball-related news. I'm not sure if you saw this, dude. The little quote, sort of rat beef or whatever was going on between your boy Shaq and uh, Damian Lillard. I don't know if this is to sell records. I don't know what this is about. But I know <laughs> both of them want to be rappers. <laughs> they want to be rappers. They're, they want to be, hell, they want to be wannabe rappers, okay? <laughs> <laughs> they can see either of them, you know what I mean? Yo, apparently, Shaq came out, made some comments or whatever that, you know, Dame is not one of the elite point guards in the league. And then Dame um, said that he was a better rapper than Shaq. And, you know, uh, and then he dropped a diss track out, actually, and talking about how Kobe won him those rings and all that. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. First of all, dude, Dame. Dame is nice. One of the top three point guards in the league, probably. Absolutely, absolutely. Left for dead in Portland and is saying it's going to tell the league that I'm thriving. Right, right. Again, that super max deal, that, that 250 mil. So doing work there. But let me tell you, the fact that he's saying Kobe won Shaq those three rings. If I recall correctly, Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal was the was the MVP of the finals all three of those years. I do believe that is correct, sir. Okay, just, make, just making sure. Yeah. Did, Shaq was the man when they were like, don't get me, Kobe was up and coming. Kobe was, you know, that second man. He was there. You know, he wasn't the yeah. black mamba at that point just yeah. quite yet, but yeah. Shaq was doing work. So, Damian Lillard, go back and check your facts. Shaq was absolutely phenomenal in the, his Lakers years, so let's not get it twisted. Something we lose with the youth of today, you know, I think a lack of understanding of the game that they that was played before them. America, most of the sports that you watch today are watered down to how amazing they were, and it is a testament to how great those players were. You could catch an L any night of the week in the Eastern Conference uh, many decades ago. And that was not the case and has not been the case today, but, you know, don't get it twisted. Much goes the same for the Western Conference, where you had to deal with the Sack Kings. You had to deal with uh, the Clips always had young gunners on it. Uh, the Utah Jazz, you could get cooked up on Sunday at any time in the era that uh, Kobe Bryant and uh, uh, Shaquille O'Neal played in. And a lot of that testament is to Shaquille O'Neal being able to be a stud in both of the conferences that he played in very mm -hmm. well for both teams that he beat. Or multiple teams he featured. Right. And, and I believe in that first year when the Lakers won their championship, I'm pretty sure Shaq was the league MVP <laughs> as well. You know, so the fact that Dane was saying, you know, Kobe was kind of carrying him to those rings, dude, 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 first of all, go back, watch the tape, do your stats. You know what I mean? So let's, hey. let's not get it. Let's not get it twisted. I'm glad that he lives in the now, but you know, it's always good to know where you've been so you can know where you're going. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Moving right along, um, let's get into some college football action here. Let's recap week seven uh, around the league. The biggest upset of the weekend, uh, probably of the season so far, is the number three Georgia Bulldogs falling at home to unranked South Carolina, 20-17. to 17. Obed, I mean, you know, this was I expected it to be, I guess, a walk in the park for Georgia, you know? Yeah. But, but what happened to uh, Jake Fromm, you know? What really happened here, man? He threw three interceptions? What, yeah. what, what's, what's going on? 
I mean, you, you want to think that that's more of because he is he's a he's a great quarterback. I think one of the top three, top four coming out of the if he does come out coming onto the NFL draft next year. Uh, apparently, there was a lot of physical play um, on the outside. Their their ability to play uh, bump and run coverage, play hard man defense, which is what Carolina played against them. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting that man. I I just didn't see what really would happen. Just yeah, no, um, it was it was definitely more so on the on the 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 strong defense played by the uh, the the Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, you know, I mean, if you're not going to win your one on ones on the outside, um, it's going to be hard for you to have have a good day against a team that you should beat. You know, uh, it it was is uncharacteristic. You think Georgia's going to come out and play a lot better than that against a team like South Carolina, but you know, I guess any given Saturday. Right. Yeah. I mean, and through it, you know, and he went through, he threw 51 passes and only completed 28 of them, you know? Um, but me, I mean, kudos to South Carolina getting that, getting that upset there, especially in Georgia, you know, DeAndre Swift had over, had over a hundred yards rushing. So I, you know, I really thought this was going to be an easy one. This is definitely, I would say the upset of the year so far. In other news, um, LSU, um, you know, withstood Florida. That was probably the biggest matchup of the weekend, uh, yep. LSU and Florida. So LSU came out with that victory, 42 to 28. And they actually jumped past Clemson in the rankings. They're now number two in the polls going into this weekend. You know, I was not all aboard the Joe Burrow train go at the start of the year. Um, but- even after the first few games, I'll admit it, I was not. I was focusing on Tua and Jalen. You know, but seeing Joe Burrow, man, I got to tell you, I'm very, very impressed what I what I'm seeing. Um, He is I'll I'll admit it now. He is definitely going to be a Heisman candidate, to be honest with you. I wasn't high up on him in the very beginning before the beginning of the season. But after watching this game against Florida, I really do think he is a Heisman candidate. Tell me your thoughts on the LSU getting this victory over Florida in in Death Valley. Excuse me, America. Uh, yeah, Sherman, I think um, I, I would agree with you. LSU went out there and, and kind of played, you know, their tails off. Obviously, at home, Death Valley is a hard place to play, and, and uh, Florida figured that out early. Uh, and, you know, I, it's hard not to be able to do the kind of things that LSU was able to do running the ball as well as they did. I mean, they had phenomenal uh, uh, rush offense against Florida, who's looking pretty good defense. But, you know, I, I look I look at Trask. I think he played very, very well. He had 310 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. You know, I just don't think the run game got it done in that game with only 130 rushing yards. Now, while, yes, you're, you're getting down by points, you're going to have to throw more. Uh, I think they just uh, LSU was able to get them to play an unbalanced game. And it showed by the end of it with a lopsided score. Um, and to your point about uh, Joe Burrow, you know, he, he could be in that calling. I mean, we're, he had a uh, excuse me. They're a good team. They travel well. They've played very well. Uh, it'll be telling when the Auburn and Alabama games roll around, see how they're mm-hmm. doing. Um, but Burrow lit up University of Texas. I mean, he uh, he went 31 to 39, 471, four touchdowns and an interception. So, you know, looking at that, I feel like if he can play that well anywhere, which seems to be the case, uh, it's going to be hard to beat. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, it was it was it was definitely a good game. You know, I think it was really the second half is where an LSU kind of put put it on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but yeah, but definitely, definitely a good game there. Another game we were looking at is Oklahoma and Texas, the Red River rivalry down at the Texas State Fair. Oklahoma came out with that one, 34-27. They jumped up to number five in the polls, man. But man, Jalen again doing doing what he does. 
You know, yep. I mean, I mean, what can I say? Like I said, I've been high on Jalen all season and him and the guys like Tua from Alabama. We mentioned, yep. like I said, you know, your thoughts in Oklahoma and Texas. Um, I thought that was a great game. I really like what Jalen Hurts did. As I said, I pointed out the uh, Joe Burrow stat against the University of Texas. Uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, did, did just as well, if not better, when you figure that he got 131 yards on 17 carries and a touchdown. Killing yeah, them on the ground, mm-hmm. as well as the 16 to 28, 235, and three touchdowns through the air. So, right. you know, you think about that, the 471, the four, yeah, it, it's that's pretty comparable, 466 and four. Uh, with with all that rushing yardage, I mean, he, he mobbed these guys. Uh, I looking at the rest of uh, Oklahoma's schedule here. Give mm. me a second. Um, you know, I don't see a lot of tests for them really. Uh, mm. yeah. West yeah. Virginia, Kansas State, Ohio State, Baylor. Baylor is the only ranked opponent they have left on their schedule, uh, and I'm not sure if the the um, they're in the Big Twelve. Yes, they are. I don't yes. know if they have the, the Big 12 championship. I think there is a yeah. Big 12 championship. Yeah. Uh, maybe that'll be them in Texas. No idea who, who that might end up being. But, um, you know, I mean, this is this is an opportunity for Jalen Hurts to put a Heisman Trophy winning uh, campaign together. And I could see him being able to state, especially being a dynamic dual threat quarterback. You're not getting that rushing dynamic from Joe Burrow. You know, you getting that strong arm quarterback, that leadership. Yeah, but Jalen Hurts is just spectacular to watch him play. And I feel like it deserves a trophy at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, man, I'm high on Jalen. He's definitely doing work. He's proving, you know, he's definitely worthy, you know, of being that starting quarterback. I know he got kind of pushed out of Alabama for Tua, but hey, he's definitely doing work this season. The other game that was not really close this weekend, Penn State over Ohio, over Iowa, excuse me, uh, down over at Kinnick Stadium, and which I did predict Penn State would win by no more than five. The score was 17 to 12, won by five, yeah. exactly. So kudos you to the Lions. Next one, America. If you listen to Sherm giving out these picks, you better be ready to get bait. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Man, I got to tell you, you know, um, Penn State, they, it was looking close. You know, there were some controversial calls, you know, as far as the referees, you know, overturning um, overturning one of the, uh, the, t- the touchdown. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I know your thoughts quickly on uh, the Penn State-Iowa game here. Uh, Penn State, Iowa, another good one, another close one. You did say it was going to be tough to play in Iowa, and it was. Uh, now, you know, let's let's talk about the outlook of, you know, both of these teams here. Iowa lost another game to a ranked opponent because they did lose earlier to Michigan. That game ended up Michigan winning 10-3. to Penn State just won 17-12. Are we saying that University of Michigan is going to beat Penn State by that uh, relationship of like opponents? You know, it's going to be a tough one, you know, and and actually, as we're talking about this Michigan Penn State game coming up this weekend in Happy Valley, I actually want to bring in our guest, Chris, who's just who's just joined us, folks. Chris, I know you're here and joining us. Thank you for uh, hopping in here. Michigan and Penn State, you know, Penn State is removed up. As Elbetta was saying, Michigan kind of had a close one with Iowa. You know, again, Penn State had a close one with Iowa, too. What is your take really on how – what does Penn State have to do to win this game? Or on the other side, what does Michigan really have to do to win this game? Hey, what's up, guys? It's uh, happy happy to be with you again. Appreciate uh, you having me on. Yep, absolutely. Go ahead, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, um, really, it's going to come down – to, it's going to be a defensive battle. I don't think it's going to be a blowout like it was in last year's route where Penn State beat Michigan 42-13 to 13 there in Happy Valley. Um, but Penn State right now has a top-10 defense in all of college football. Um, you know, I don't, I don't see Michigan having the, the firepower to, to, to really outduel Penn State if it gets that, but I think it's going to be low scoring. I'm thinking somewhere in the high teens, low 20s. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as far you mentioned the deep on the defensive side, you know, Penn State has playing well. Gross Matos is doing work. I mean, uh, they've been, you know, getting after the quarterback really well. Um, Obed, I guess your take really, do you, I mean, do you think Michigan really has a chance in this game? If they do, you know, what would they win? Are you going to even pick a winner here? Or who, who do you think is really going to come out with this one? Uh, this is, this is in Happy Valley? Yes, it is. I gotta, I'm going to give the edge to Penn State. I wouldn't be surprised if University of Michigan figured out a way to pull it out. But, you know, this could also be a game where UM just gets, gets their doors blown off. You know what I mean? Just speaking to that defensive side of it. Um, honestly, there's, there's, uh, there's that chance that you could see the University of Michigan that we saw earlier not look like they were prepared to play, not look like they were ready to come out here and have a good game plan against a tough defense. So, you know, it'll be on will there will they be able to to make the plays to beat a team at home that if I'm not mistaken has not lost a game at home yet. Is that is that correct? Right. Yeah. yeah. Penn State's undefeated. Yeah, Penn State's undefeated, man. Okay, so, so you know, I mean, Michigan is what coming in what five and one, I believe. Yeah. So it's definitely knocks in the armor there. University of Michigan can be beat. Yeah. Well, um, you know, Sherman. You know, it's interesting too. Jim Harbaugh does not play well under the under the big stage under the big lights. Uh, he only has one win in his tenure uh, since Michigan uh, becoming the Michigan head coach against teams in the top 10 AP poll. Um, but what's kind of scary for Penn State in this, since the whiteout got established in 2004 against Purdue, they're just seven and seven in those games and barely adding the Michigan series at three games to two. So it is going to be a very interesting night in Happy Valley this weekend. Yeah. I mean, Chris, a, a prediction from you. I mean, I know your heart is of course with Penn State, but a true prediction, unbiased prediction. What do you got here? I mean, Penn State's just a better team, especially defensively. Um, again, I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I'm looking at Penn State's probably going to win the point 21-17. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I'm going to go with Penn State as well, just because it's at all. If it was in Michigan, I might actually pick Michigan here. But I'm going to say Penn State wins this game by no more than no more than 10, maybe even probably by 7. You know, Obed, do you have a uh, pick here? I'll say Penn State by 10. Penn State by 10. I like it. All right, guys. Moving along, let's keep it, the show going, folks. Let's get into some professional football action. Um, oh, bet. I think we have some breaking news here this evening, don't we? Look, I'm on the newswire right now. Looks like some breaking news. Sources say Jaguars cornerback Jalen Ramsey is in the process of being traded to the Rams. A situation resolved in a big addition for L.A. Thoughts on that, guys? Man, and what is it? And what are the Jags getting? What, two first-round picks and a fourth-round pick, I believe? No, we'll Man, see. how about, yeah, it looks like, looks like yeah, breaking news right now. Yep, here, it's coming in now, folks. So you're, you're hearing it first here on What's the Word Entertainment. The Jags are going to be looking getting a, two first-round picks, one in 2020 and in 2021, and a fourth-round pick in 2021. So and I think it was a what a, a week or so ago. Obed, you said Jalen Ramsey might not play for the Jaguars again this season. There, therefore, there you have it. There you have it. Cash your tickets, America. You're missing out on these picks out here. We're trying to make you some money. <laughs> Got the swamis out here. How how does this improve the the Rams defense? Because I believe they just traded away Marcus Peters to the Ravens earlier today. That's that's what they had to do to get to get the cap space and to get the leverage to bring in Jalen Ramsey. You are correct. Yeah, yeah. So, what, how does this how does this help them or hurt them in any sort of way, Chris, for the Rams? Honestly, I I mean Jalen Ramsey, he he is the best cornerback in all of professional football. But let's not talk about you know Marcus Peters like he's kind of scrub here. He's yeah. a pro bowler. So I mean I I don't think they really upgraded that much of the position by getting rid of one and picking up. 
uh, Ramsey. So I, I think the defense is the same. They have a lot of holes in other areas um, outside of their secondary, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and you know, and you, you mentioned that he's the best corner in football. Don't forget about Stephen Gilmore or Stephen Gilmore over in, over in New England. He's performing at, at the highest level right now. So he's got got to run for his money right there. I'm sure old Betty will agree with that one, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not a hater, America. I'm not a hater. <laughs> I got a George W. Bush on that one. Uh, now, I will <laughs> say, I, I'll say that it is an improvement on their uh, cornerback room because Marcus Peter was traded to make the room for this. But Akib Tlaib is now on IR. So, you know, mm-hmm. whether you feel like they didn't improve or not, that cornerback room was probably going to be a bunch of pieces of multi-grain uh, ciabatta bread that were going to get toasted up every weekend. And <laughs> <laughs> one ciabatta bread. Don't sleep on that. Yo, <laughs> put some put some garlic on it, man. You good? <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I think I think. Uh, I think it was a move that had to be done, whether it improves their team or not. Uh, that was going to be a big hole to fill. And at least, you know, now you can stick one guy on an island and bring the rest of the team together in the secondary to cover the other third of the field. Uh, and, you know, they should be able to keep things together. And you've got a pro a Hall of Famer and Aaron Donald down there. So so they're not hurting. Yeah, absolutely. Moving. Let's move right along, guys. Um, one of the bigger kind of sort of. Two, actually, there was kind of two, uh, uh, I guess, upsets around the league this week. How about the Jets beating up on the Cowboys, um, twenty-four to twenty-two? This is the third straight loss for Dallas. What? And now, and I'll bet it. I said it last week. All the Cowboys fans, slow your roll. You're not as great as everyone said you were at the beginning of the year. Everyone was all hyped up, like I said, about going three and zero. You didn't play anybody, and. Then, you, you, you know, in those three games, you played the Giants, the Skins, and the Dolphins. You didn't play anyone. Then you played the Saints. You got beat. You played the Packers. You got beat. Now, albeit, you probably should have went against the Jets. But listen, the Cowboys, I'll admit, the Cowboys had some injuries. They had their all-pro left tackle Tyron Smith out in an injury. Another tackle out in an injury, I believe. Yeah. Amari Cooper goes down after three snaps. He was out. Um, another receiver was out. You know what I mean? So you had some pieces. You had over three or four starters out of the game. So I yeah. will give them that. And let's be honest, the Jets were not as bad as their record showed at 0-4 because Sam Donald, they were on their third-string quarterback, Luke Falk. Let's let's not forget that as well, folks. You know, Sam Donald, this was his first game back from week one. Like I said, of course, you know, we all know he was making out under the bleachers. That's how he got mono somehow. I don't know. So, but... You know, so this is not the same old Jets, Jets, you know, bad team just because they're 0 4. But man, Dallas, what is happening in Dallas? Is it the head coach, Jason Garrett? Is it the play calling by Kellen Moore? Is it the players? What's happening, Obed? Please tell me, tell me what's going on in, in, in Big D. I mean, I, you know, I, I would say how about them Cowboys, but it's more one of those like, uh, uh, I'm your, your therapist. How about those Cowboys? Um, yeah, I think, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. If you look at the play calling was, was very unimaginative, wasn't really anything, uh, that personally I thought was progressive with this hiring of Kellen Moore as our offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, looking at some of the, watching some of the, the game tape itself, they look like the old Cowboys. They look like we're just going to run, run, run down your throat try to dink and dunk a little bit. And if we can't figure it out with the guys that we paid the most money to, we're just going to go to Jason Witten. Um, and, you know, that that only lasted for so long, if it lasted at all. Uh, I do feel like they could, probably could have played a lot better against the uh, Packers and won that game. But this was not a game that they were supposed to lose. Now, now to 
the benefit of we, we all know how teams perform coming off of a bye. We all know how teams perform when they are having pieces returned that have not played there or have not been there for a while. He Sam, the addition of Sam Darnold completely unlocked that offense. There were pieces that were missing in a tight end, which they're replacing with Ryan Griffin. I can't wait till Chris Herndon is out there. And they were able to utilize some of their best playmakers in Robbie Anderson when you got a gunslicker behind the center. Now, I'm not calling Adam Gase, excuse me, pardon me. He's wait, Adam. Yeah, Adam Gase is the coach of the uh, the Jets. I'm not calling Adam. No, Gase, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Not calling him a, a, a quarterback whisperer per se, based on what he's done before. But he can at least coordinate an offense that a quarterback who can make all the throws, understand the reads, and is not a numbskull can probably figure out. And I think Sam Darnold's that guy. I felt like the Giants should have taken him at the number two overall selection versus uh, Saquon Barkley. Mm. Be that as it may, I think they could have built around one of the running backs coming out sooner. But you know, think times were desperate in in New York. They did what they had to do, uh, and the Jets benefited by being able to have Darnold as a signal caller. Yeah, Chris. Please answer. Do you think Jason Garrett is on borrow time? I mean, or, you know, what is, and also let me ask you this, is Dak Prescott playing his way out of a big contract? Um, Jason Garrett is not only coaching to save their season uh, this weekend against the Eagles, but he is definitely co- uh, coaching to save his job. Uh, without a doubt, this, this, this gentleman has been, you know, the epitome of mediocrity uh, since coming over and becoming, you know, the leader of this franchise that, you know, are, you know, with their fans always thinking they're a better one that they are. So, but, you know, Dak Prescott, he's an interesting, you know, person to me in all of this because he was completely betting on himself by not being selfish in the offseason, as you saw with Ezekiel Elliott doing, amongst others, holding out. He said he would play into his contract, and you're right. It, unfortunately, you know, he's a good guy. It's starting to play himself out. You know, he was looking at top one, two, three quarterback money in the league. Um, if he doesn't turn it around now, he'll be lucky if he'll be in top five in regards to uh, his numbers and getting that big contract. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll I'll say he was probably looking at top to be the top paid quarterback in the league. And like I mean, I think Oban and I said it before. Yeah. It's about the timing in the market. Even though he's not, he's clearly not the best quarterback in football, but he was probably going to get paid like the best quarterback in football. It's all about timing and it's all about the market, where they stand. Moving on from the Jets and Cowboys game, the Ch- how about the Chiefs losing in a, their second straight game at, at home to the Texans, 31-24. Now, the Texans are no slouch. Deshaun Watson is at a, playing at an MVP caliber level. Okay, folks? But, I mean, uh, uh, Chris, let me go to you first this time on this one. Are, should we be really concerned or should the Chiefs be concerned? You know, what's happening in KC? No, sir, not at all. I, I, I think we're we're gonna we're kind of jumping the gun there. If we think uh, you know Kansas City's in any real type of trouble, we have to remember they're just getting Tyreek Hill back in the lineup, um, getting him acclimated back in with the offense. And you have to remember it at times last year uh, between Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, that was the best QB wide receiver combination in the league. Uh, right now, they're still leading their division. They're in complete control of their destiny. Um, you know, Showtime Mahomes, he'll get it back after you know he's he's going through some injuries himself. Um, really, though, what, what the only thing that makes me nervous for them going into the playoffs is that their defense has been a bit suspect. But, you know, what do you really expect whenever the offseason you trade out D Ford and cut a mainstay of their defensive front in Justin Houston? Mm-hmm. Right. But I mean, rushing the ball, the Kansas City Chiefs had 53 yards rushing the ball in this game. You, you can't win like that. You have to be able to run the football. Obed, um, on, Chris says you sh- we should not be worried. The Chiefs should not be worried. Please tell me, should but should they? 
They should absolutely be worried. They should absolutely be worried. I, 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 my concern is that this team just lost too many pieces in Kareem Hunt well before they lost Tyreek Hill. Uh, you know, I think people are starting to get hip to what they like to do, and they don't have that run game, even with the addition of Shady McCoy, who I thought was going to be able to stun out for them. Damian Williams has looked like the guy in uh, Miami that we all knew he's been. Um, and, you know, really, it's, it's, it's tough to think that, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to have to figure this out on one leg now. Um, uh, you know, he'll get healthy. They'll be healthier. Nobody's taking that division away from them. The Chargers are now playing home game, excuse me, away games at home now. Uh, so, you know, it's not like they're going to figure out a way to put it together. It's just pretty sad if you guys haven't seen the, the Steelers. But really, let's just be honest here. The Steelers bandwagon is one of the biggest bandwagons ever. People don't really pe- – people are Steelers fans everywhere. And generally, whenever I see a team that travels well, I feel like that just means that they've had popularity for a long time, whether they have been good or not, and they're just everywhere. Um, you know, it's – it's it, I think – Oklahoma was the team people are looking to to knock off the Patriots. But the last time we saw a quarterback with the initials PM who just was on fire offensively, he had defensive problems too. They spent too much time investing in his offensive prowess and not enough time rebuilding a team around him. And that was Peyton Manning. Uh, So, you know, I I think he'll be fine, but I don't see this team really challenging for the AFC crowd. Wow. I mean, that's, I mean, the fact that you don't think the pages will be in it at all is pretty shocking. I mean, that's I got to say, I mean, see the, see the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's a little early, you know, to kind of write the Chiefs off, you know, but like I said, the thing about the, the thing about this game about was, was so huge that the Chiefs weren't on the field much in the second half. I was watching, I think, Dan Orlowski of the ESPN the other day, yep. and, he, and he made a very good point that in the second half of this game, the Chiefs were on the field for five minutes. <laughs> Out of the 30-minute half, they were on the field for five minutes. This the, the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs offense. Yeah. So that's got to show you. You know, like I said, they ran the ball only 11 times all game long. Not able to maintain position, possession. Yeah. You know, exactly, man. You know, they've got they, they play this week, they play Thursday night football, you know, at Denver. Then they you know, the schedule doesn't get much, you know, really get easy the next week. They've got the Packers. And the Vikings, uh, both at home. So you know, hopefully they can come. You know, get them there. You know, no, so I mean, hard place to play. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there, man. But yeah, I, I think, I, I, I'll. You know, I'm just kind of shocked that you're saying that, you know they don't have anything to work. But you know, it's gonna be tough for them to kind of turn it around. They've got to do better. Andy Reid's got to draw up some new schemes if he has you, because we all know Andy Reid's a genius. He's a he's yeah. a hell of a head coach. Yeah. I think I don't think anyone's gonna argue that. I think they're just. Like Chris was saying, you know, this is the first game back. Tyreek Hill was in. They've yeah. got to get their, you know, they've got to get their, some some folks back. So we'll kind of see what happens here. The other game quickly, which I want to touch base on, it's Cleveland and Seattle. Uh, Seattle won that one, thirty-two to twenty-eight. Quickly here, Obed, do you think it's time to panic in Cleveland? I don't think it's time to panic in Cleveland yet because they they lack an offensive line. If they would just make the trade for whatever Washington needs to give them Trent Williams, we have a completely different story here. They need help on that offensive line. Now, at the same token, I'm not sure if I'm buying Baker Mayfield. He's not playing as well as Gardner Minshew, and Gardner Minshew looked terrible uh, this past weekend against the Saints. Um, I, I just... 
I, Baker has too many weapons around him that he needs to be more focused on. What do my players need me to do to deliver the ball to them? Uh, if it's about uh, short quarterbacks running around, throwing the ball and running, he's not the runner that people want him to be. The scrambling around, he looks like Manziel out there more than he looks like Trace McSorley. Um, so, you know, it's it's. I don't think it's time to panic. They have all the pieces they need to be successful, but I think Kitchens is in over his head. I think he needs to give up some of the defensive play calling duties and just uh, and then coordinate a team around his ability to coordinate the offense. When you get really good at something and they move you in the head coaching position, you got to be willing to let go of some some of the uh, got to be willing to let go of some power and give it up to other people. Chris, quickly here, your thoughts on Cleveland? What's happening? Is it is it is it Freddie Kitchens as Obed mentioned? Is it Baker Mayfield? Or were they or, or, or were they just overhyped? Quickly here. I think it's D all the above. Um, but you know, <laughs> just thinking with Baker there, he's definitely regressed. He's holding on to the ball way too long, not finding his check down after his first read. Um, and, you know, then his competency exudes, or some might call it a little a more of a defiant personality, is either magnetic to his teammates or it's the complete opposite, which we're already seeing frustrations with uh, some of his players like Odell Beckham. Um, the only gleam of hope for them, really, Sherman, is that only um, three of the remaining 10 games are against team with winning records. So if they're going to write that ship, it's probably going to happen sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. They, they, they need to kind of figure that out really quick because it's not looking too good for them. Um, so far, you know, everyone, me, myself included came in with high hopes for them. The beginning of this year, like I said, I predicted them to win the division. Quite frankly, I'm not even sure if they're going to make the playoffs right yeah. now. So Moving right along, folks, let's get into our segment, You Right, You Mad. Got some four four topics here. I'll pose a question to each each of the gentlemen here joining me this week, and they're going to tell me if I'm right or if I'm just flat out crazy. First, this question will go actually to Chris because, Obed, I know you will be biased on this question here. So, yeah. Chris, so Chris, I will go to you. The the Patriots sitting at, what, 5-0 or 6-0, and excuse me, the Patriots will go undefeated this season. Sure. You mad. <laughs> They're definitely not going to go undefeated. I mean, this team isn't nearly as good as the 07 team that did go undefeated that year and then lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Um, and that was with Randy Moss. They don't have any of the offensive weapons that they did that year. So, no, you definitely mad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Obed, the next one's for you. Whether it be the Dolphins or the Bengals, who are both winless at this point, we will have one of these teams go 0-16 this season. Sherman, you're right, man. I'm pretty sure the Dolphins could be that team to go to mm. 16. Uh, you know, they I've never seen someone get a ball thrown so hard at them as Ryan Fitzpatrick did on what should have been a very easy uh, a screen route into the end zone for a two-point conversion. They are doing everything they can to tank for Tua, and I'd be shocked if they try to get a W if that'll keep them from having him. <laughs> I like it. Um, speaking of the Bengals, as I just mentioned them, Chris, to you, Wide receiver Adrian Green will not be in Cincinnati come next season. Am I right, or am I just crazy? Sure, you're definitely right. Um, you know, AJ Green is a is a Hall of Fame uh, wide receiver. Has just been dealt a bad hand being there in Cincinnati for his whole career, um, and having Andy Dalton the Rex. red. Rock red rocket throwing him the ball um I, I think the organization is realizing they're going to be in a rebuild mode and they're going to do what's right by a guy who's been very loyal to them and they'll find him a, a, a right suitor in a team that can possibly in contention for a super bowl yeah, absolutely uh and obed the last one here is for you tell me if i'm right or if i'm mad the 49ers it's in that five and zero are a legitimate contender in the nfc 
I'm amazed to hear you say that, Sherman, after what you said about them last week. But you're right, bro. This might be a legitimate NFC title contender because if they can run the ball the way they've been doing and if they start getting plays from guys like Dante Pettis, moving to, uh, coverage away from guys like Debo Samuel, it's going to be a problem for the rest of the NFC. They've got the, the uh, Redskins coming up on deck. They get the Panthers at home. They go down to the Cardinals. Then they play the Seahawks at home. Then they play the Cardinals again. And then they get a chance to have the Packers come to town. They are about to go through, I feel like, all of these teams. I, I think the Seahawks game is a loss, but they're already 5-0. and I could see them being 9-1 and or 10-1 and in the next few, in the next couple of weeks, man. Wow, wow. I, I mean, yeah, they're looking, they're looking good. I still want to see more out of them, but I'll admit it, they're looking really good. Moving along, folks, that's it. We are going to get into uh, the pick portion of the show. Of course, each week, you know, you will bet and I go through the picks and make make our decisions. Chris will be joining us, of course, as well. Bet last week uh, didn't do that great. I think I went seven and seven. You went eight and six. So you caught up a game Woo! on me. Now you're one game back. First so, step is right. to believe, America. First step is to believe. <laughs> I'm sitting at 55, 36, and 1. Obed's at 54, 37, and 1 for the year. Let's get right into it, folks. Of course, as I mentioned before, Thursday night football, Kansas City at Denver. I mean, I have to go Kansas City in this one. The Chiefs cannot survive losing three games in a row. They need to get this win. You know, I, I, even though it's in Denver, I still have to think that they're going to turn around and say, hey, listen, we're coming off two game, two losses at, at home. There's no way they can come up with a third loss. I'm going Chiefs. Chris, Chiefs Chiefs at Broncos. <laughs> I honestly don't even think this game's going to be close. I'm call, I'm picking a two-score route at least. Chiefs over the Broncos. Wow. Obed, it's Kansas City and Denver. Who you got? Mile High used to stand for something. They're not going to stand for this, but they ain't going to win this game. It's going to be Kansas City all the way. <laughs> all right. The next one, the Los Angeles Rams and the Atlanta Falcons. I got to go Rams on this one. And now that the fact that they have Jalen Ramsey, you know, will, how much will he be playing? You know, learn, kind of learning a new scheme, but I'm still going to go Rams in this one. Um, Obed, tell me, L.A. or Atlanta? I'm going the Rams in this one. I mean, they just you, – what you saw last week was – the son of the teacher giving the student a lesson. So, you know, I think uh, McVeigh is probably not going to fare well when he's going at the coaching tree that he came from. I got to go LA in this one, though. They're definitely going to take it to the to Atlanta. Uh, Chris, LA to Atlanta. What happened in two short years to the Atlanta Falcons and MVP Matt Ryan? Tell me. What's going on there? Uh, yeah, the Rams need this. If, if, they, if, they, if the Rams lose this game, they're in serious trouble with a very stout NFC with the aforementioned Niners. We got the Packers out there doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Seahawks and, you know, the Drew Brees was saint. So the Rams absolutely desperately need this one. I'm picking them. Yeah, and I mean, and to your point, you said a moment ago, are there, are, is Atlanta still, do they, do they still have a Super Bowl hangover two years later? Because, uh, man, I, I don't know what's going that, on that, down that, there. That was the biggest crumble in sports history, not just the NFL. So I think they're going to have that hangover forever. <laughs> They've had bad defense for a long time. I, the, I saw some statistics where when they had, uh, 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 what's his name, Shanahan, they had the, what, like the fourth ranked offense and the 26th ranked defense. The re- defense has been sub 25th team in the league for the last three or four years. Dan Quinn's not getting it done on defense since he showed up from Seattle. Yep. Miami at Buffalo. I mean, my we said it before. Miami is atrocious. I'm going, you know, Buffalo all the way here. Uh, Chris, Miami at Buffalo. Buffalo wins this by at least 17 points. Thanks for Tua. Yep. Oh, Obed, Miami Buffalo. 
Buffalo all the way. Nobody circles the Raggins like the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Uh, I got to go Jacksonville. Cincinnati's terrible. I'm going to ride that Minshew train. Uh, Obed, Jacksonville, Cincinnati. Who you got? Going for a mustache rides. We're going with Jacksonville. <laughs> Chris, Jacksonville, Cincinnati. Who you got here? Actually, Sherman, I'm going to go the opposite. I actually think the Bengals are going to get their first one of this of this uh, NFL 2019 season this week. I'm going the Bengals in a close one, probably 21-20. Okay, okay. I, I don't I don't dislike the pick at all. Um, Minnesota at Detroit divisional matchup here. Uh, even though it's in Detroit, I'm going to go Minnesota. Kirk Cousins looked sharp last week against the Eagles. You know, Stefan Diggs went off finally. Um, so I'm going to go. I'm going to take the Vikings in this one. Uh, Chris, Vikings and Lions. Who you got? If this was actually in Minnesota, I'd be with you all the way, Sherman. But I think Detroit is going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder after getting absolutely hosed uh, this week against Green Bay. And they're going to be uh, firing all cylinders. And I think they're going to win this one by about mm, 28-26. Okay. Another close one here. Obed, your thoughts on the uh, matchup in Detroit? Yeah, I think Chris makes a good point. Watch out for what could happen when you're in Detroit. Big D's a hard place to play. The real Big D this year because uh, Dallas is slumming. Uh, <laughs> but I will say this, Minnesota, Minnesota. Kirk Cousins <laughs> always plays well against the Philadelphia Eagles, so I had a feeling. I picked him big in a lot of my fantasy leagues because I knew he was going to do work. But I got to go with Minnesota on this one. Yep, yep. Next one we have John Gruden again and at Green Bay. Excuse me, I got Oakland at Green Bay. <laughs> uh, I got to take Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is doing Aaron Rodgers things, even without his best players on the field. Devontae Adams is still out. I'm still going to go Green Bay, especially because it's in Green Bay. Obed, Packers and Raiders, who you got? Going Green Bay and Green Bay because the refs are going to make sure they win. <laughs> Chris, your thoughts? As my boy Stephen A would say, he's a bad man. Man, not Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no, he's doing Aaron Rodgers things. Uh, he'll definitely win this, but at least at least one touchdown. Yeah, Houston at Indianapolis, man. Just like I said, Deshaun Watson, MVP candidate. Don't get it. Don't sleep, folks. I'm telling you, they will. There are no problems in Houston right now. I'm going to go to Houston all the way here. Uh, Chris, Houston at Indy. Um, I actually think Jacoby Brissett is playing lights out, especially for the situation he was put into. Um, Deshaun Watson, MVP candidate. I think the Texans are a better team, but something's telling me to go with my gut, and I'm going to take the Colts on this one, sure. Yep, yep, yep. Um, who we got next? Uh, Arizona at the New York football Giants. Kyler Murray, he's, he's developing. I like what they're doing, but I think Danny Dimes is going to be doing work here, and it's at home. I'm going with, I'm going with the G-Men. Obed, Giants and Cardinals. Danny Dimes with the Capicola. He always loves the Capicola. I don't know what's wrong with that guy. Uh, <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. Uh, uh, Danny Dimes. I'm going New York Giants on this one. I have a feeling that they're going to come out play well. Uh, Arizona uh, cross. Uh, excuse me. Cross country road trip. I don't see them faring too well. Yep. Yep. Chris, your thoughts in Arizona at New York? I think. I think. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones is definitely going to keep silencing all the haters and proving to a lot of people that maybe he should have been the number one overall pick here. Uh, the Giants are going to pull this away. Okay. All right. Uh, got a bit of a hot take there. I like it, though. Um, San Francisco at Washington. I think this is an easy one. San Fran. Uh, Chris. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that a, was that a serious question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we can both just, I think we can all just move on. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're going Niners, or just for the record, Obed, Niners and Redskins. <laughs> just, just for the record, Niners is going to win. Um, okay. But I'll tell you what, I think we're about to come see a clinic in zone blocking. 
Watch for it. <laughs> uh, the LA Chargers against at, at Tennessee. I'm going Chargers, man. Chargers looked awful against Pittsburgh. Finally got a score on the board in the fourth quarter. They finally came alive. Not sure what's happening there. Even with Melvin Gordon back in the lineup. Chargers need this one big time. So Chargers all the way. Chargers and Titans. Obed, who you got? Go Chargers, go. <laughs> yep, Chris. Uh, this is to save their season. They're at two and four right now. They desperately need this win. Uh, and the Titans, you know, they're going through a lot with Bench and Mariota last weekend. So I'm um, definitely going with the Chargers on this one on the road. Yep. New, or- New Orleans at Chicago. The, the, the Bears. I gotta go with. I gotta go Bears in this one, man. That defense is for real. I don't think Bridgewater can overcome that style of a defense. If it was Breeze at the helm, different story. So I'm going with Chicago in this one. Obed, your take. Let's uh, let's get the Chicago dogs rolling because it's only gonna be them. Yep. Chris, New Orleans at Chicago. This is going to be a sneakingly scary close game, but I do think the Bears pull it out. Yep. Baltimore at Seattle. I like this matchup here. And Earl Thomas gets to go back to Seattle for the first time since leaving. Man, uh, I'm going to go Seattle because that 12th man is no joke up, uh, up up there. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go Seattle. Uh, Chris, Baltimore at Seattle. What you got? Uh, we got two, you know, possible uh, MVP candidates going at it, Lamar Jackson and um, our boy Russell Wilson. And I think Russell Wilson, since he has the, um, you know, the age on him and the, the experience, he's going to pull this one out. Gotcha. Obed, Baltimore, Seattle, who are you taking here? I'm so not surprised that Lamar Jackson's ability to pass the football looks like ass right now. Um, pardon my friend. <laughs> Uh, I really need these young quarterbacks to understand the, the the game of quarterbacking, playing with the safety, dropping in dimes. I've never seen someone miss so many wide-open players up the seam with an opportunity to tie the game as Lamar Jackson has, and I'm kind of just upset that Mark Andrews had 99 yards instead of 100. Would I would have got my bonus, and I would have won my game. We are going with Seattle. Yep, yep. Uh, Philly at Dallas. Man, Dallas needs this one big time. It's in Dallas. I cannot see the Cowboys losing. Well, let me let me stop right there. I can see the Cowboys losing 4-0, but I can't see them surviving their season if they do. So I have to go and pick Dallas in this one. Obed, Philly at Dallas. Oh, Philly's about to come out and get a W on Dallas. I, I, I just feel like Philadelphia wants to, you know, make up for the bad loss last week. You know, I'm sure they felt like they had something on Kirk Cousins. But again, Kirk Cousins has figured them out and has always played well against them, whether he's throwing to Jordan Reed and Jameson Crowder or he's throwing to Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Uh, but I'm going with Philly in this one. Gotcha. Got Chris, Philly at Dallas. I mean, I'm sitting in, in the city of brotherly love right now, and I'm trying to keep my voice down because I don't want to get jumped. Because uh, <laughs> it, it, it could happen. <laughs> it could happen, yes. Um, no, I think Ezekiel Elliott is going to be the, the, the game changer here, and he's going to go off on this game. And Philadelphia has one of the worst rushing defenses in football right now. Um, Cowboys, this is their season. If, if they lose this, they're not only one game behind the Eagles in the division, but they're another game behind it in the entire NFC, which is extremely stout. Yep, yep. And the last but not least, Monday Night Football. Obed, your New England Patriots at the New York Jets. Man, I don't think it's going to be a close one. I'm going Patriots by 13 in this one here. Uh, Obed, I'm sure I already know where you're going. 
I got Pats with at least at least 17 points on top of these guys. Even though they are going to be a lot more deadly with Sam Darnold out there, they are going to have to they're going to have to play. This is going to be a game. NFC, uh, excuse me, AFC East. They do play games. They played a game against Buffalo that everybody. If you want to look at two great defenses going at it, a defense that was able to stifle Tom Brady. Check out what the Bills were able to do. Can't wait to see them come back from up from the bye. But let's go New England. Pats. 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 <laughs> Chris, last last pick here. Pats at Jets. Yeah, the Patriots are going to get back on on schedule here in regards to their offense. I think Tom Brady being up there at the podium saying what he was saying or lack thereof saying what he was saying on how the <laughs> was it was all that needed to be said to his uh, teammates. So I think they're going to get on track this week. Um, I have them winning this one off 34-17. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that's going to do it for the picks this week. And it looks like that's going to do it for this week's episode here on What's the Word Entertainment. Um, Chris, as the guest, any last parting words for those for the folks out here listening? Um, I just want to say right now I'm currently watching uh, WWE Wrestling on Fox Sports and how amazing that is to me and how far <laughs> the world of wrestling has come in the last 20 years. And just to see uh, sports like that is just awesome. So check it out. WWE <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Ben, any, any, any parting words for the folks here listening? I'm also watching a bit of sparring going on at the Democratic debate where they might bring up the name of one of the most famous WWE personalities I remember, President Donald Trump. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he'll be at SummerSlam or the World Rumble, <laughs> but you know what? Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Oh, my God, that man has a family, not a chair. <laughs> Dude, I, I I miss the old old wrestling. I miss WWF wrestling, dude. Yeah. Back in the day, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Diesel, Razor Ramon. That was the joint back Ooh. in the day. I'm telling you, yo, Ooh, my man Ric Flair. What? Yo, don't get me started. I'll go off on a rant right now, folks. <laughs> yo, Mankind, Gold Dust. Oh my gosh, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> gold stop. Okay. Uh, you, okay, you lost me at Gold Dust, man. You lost me at Gold Dust, folks. <laughs> yo, yo, the best thing that Dusty Rhodes ever made was Dusted Rhodes. Let's keep it 100. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Well, folks, that's going to do it for us this week here on What's the Word Entertainment. Of course, thank you, Chris, for joining us once again. Obed, as always, my partner in crime here. Folks, don't forget to check us out on SoundCloud.com slash What's the Entertainment. For Chris, for Obed, we'll see you guys next time. Have a good one, everyone. Peace. Peace and love.